before I actually start, I want to tell y'all, we've been praying for weeks and months for Brenda Ussery, and we have a praise that she's, already, she's had her last chemo treatment. Or, your what? Okay, okay, her last, yeah. Anyway, it's one of her treatments. It's her last one. She's had, and that's a blessing. Keep praying for her because she will have to have a hysterectomy in September? August, okay. The other one, you know about baby Wren, who is one of Courtney's charges. This brand new baby that spent so much time up in St. Louis Children's Hospital is home. And they're very excited to have him home. So now they'll keep going back and forth for appointments. However, we know God's in control and he's blessing and he is pouring out his grace on all of us. If you will, open your Bibles to Psalm 103. And at least two of our songs have the words that start and end this psalm. They also start and end Psalm 104. Psalms of David. I would like to ask you to stand with me as we read God's word. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, he, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him. And his righteousness 
to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, you his hosts, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Please be seated. I probably shouldn't have had you seated yet, but forgive me. I'm just going to go ahead and pray again. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we read these words of your servant David, as we enter into praise and worship at your very throne, may we bless your name. May we give you praise, honor, and glory for you alone are worthy. Draw us to yourself, O oh God. Open our hearts and our minds to your word that we will not only read it and hear it, but we will do it as you told us in your word to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance in our lives. Because your word, Lord, there are words of life. Your words are life to us help us O oh god find us faithful show us anything in our hearts and our minds by your spirit anything that is displeasing to you that we may confess and turn from it repenting of our sins cleanse us from all unrighteousness that we will walk in ways that bring glory to you. Use us, Father, for kingdom purposes, to love those around us so that others may know you and may know your word. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Sometimes I have a problem. Been having this problem ever since I was in school and had to write papers. My issue has always been, once you type a paper, if I just closed it, put it away, and on the day it was due, turn it in. I would usually get an A or a B. But then there were those times when I would do it, and then I'd go back and read it. I don't like that. And i start changing it. Even this morning, I went and made a copy of some little notes that I had thought I had put in here, and I hadn't. So, forgive my silliness, because in all things, my desire is that God will be glorified. Think about 
when we just read Psalm 103 together. Did you not or were you not moved in worship? Were you not brought into his presence? Because the words bless the Lord are even deeper than praise the Lord. Because blessing God involves our emotions, our minds, our hearts, our intellect, all of who we are. Because he has blessed the Lord, oh my soul. David wanted to give the very best of himself in his praise to God. As we should. We know that God provides all our needs. And it doesn't matter what those needs are. Whether it's shelter, food, income, family, church. Every need of our lives, God is our provider. And we should be thanking him and blessing him and praising him. For all he's doing. We praise him for who he is. We thank him for what he does. But we bless him. For being our God. May he find us faithful. By every word. Every deed. Even the motivations and in the intentions of our hearts. In my life, I don't spend enough time thanking God for what he's doing. But you know, every one of us who knows Jesus Christ, that we have his Holy Spirit living within us, prompting us and reminding us of who God is and how much he loves us. He blesses us in ways day by day that we don't even realize it while he's doing it because we allow ourselves to get distracted by the wants and the needs and the cares of this life. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Find us grateful. Find us walking in thanksgiving, Lord, that And that doesn't come from just me. It only comes because we belong to him. We love him. We fear him. And we know that he is our hope. In Lamentations it says he's our inheritance. So we wait for him. He does all things to his own glory. And in his own way. And we are blessed by him. We know that Jesus is the creative agent. Scripture tells us he created all that exists. So when... 
very late in the psalm where he says, bless you all of his works. He's talking about everything in existence. Other psalms tell us that even the stars, the sun and the moon, give him praise. But after verse 2 where he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget the benefits that are his of knowing him. And then he goes right down a list all the way down through verse 19 talking about the benefits we have received and are receiving day by day through him and our relationship with him. While worship and praise should be part of our day-by-day walk with him, whether we're on the job, we're his ambassadors, whether we're in our homes, we're out doing recreation, we're whatever it is that God has us doing or where we are at this time in our lives should be done in thankfulness to him and in loving others as he loves us so that others too will come into the kingdom. We don't do good works so that people say, oh, look at Arthur, look at Stephen, look at Bill, look at Forrest, Gary, whomever you want to name, Tyler, Doug. No. We do good works so that others see God and they're drawn to his throne and they desire to know him. So what's the first thing he tells us is the benefit we have from him. We've been pardoned from our iniquities. Our sins are forgiven. All sins, including the sin nature that we have will ultimately disappear. So the moment we were saved, we were saved from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death, according to Romans 6.23. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, there's a process, a word, a Bible word, but Jesus uses it. In Psalm 7 and uh, John 17, he says he's asking God to sanctify us because he prays. He says, I'm not praying for these 12 that are here only. I'm praying for all those who will come to faith in me through the testimony of the apostles. Jesus already prayed for us back there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and now he continues to make intercession for us at the throne of God. Wow. So we are being sanctified. Romans 8 says being conformed to the image of Christ. And in our sanctification we are currently, constantly, day by day, moment by moment, being saved from the power of sin over us so that we're much quicker to recognize when temptation comes and we're much quicker to ask God 
to forgive us. And ultimately, we will be fully saved from the very presence of sin when we enter into eternity with him. And when in the second part of verse 3 where it says he heals all your diseases, well really that's not as much a promise that every time we get sick he's going to heal us. It is a statement of remembering what God has already done in at this point in the life of those of the nation of Israel, of his people. If you go back to Deuteronomy, it talks about that he has healed the nation, that he will heal the nation, and he heals us, and he will heal us, but more, more than physical healing, it is our spiritual healing. And so... We know that the only reason there's disease in the world is because of the fall, because of our sinful nature, because of our forebears, Adam and Eve, who sinned at the beginning. But in, a, in addition now, it says that he redeems us from the pit. Jesus tells us, don't fear man, because all he can do is wound you or maybe even take your life. That's no big deal when we think of eternity. He says, you need to fear the one who has authority and power to not only destroy your body, but to destroy your very soul in hell. But as we have a relationship with him, we have been redeemed. He paid the penalty to pull us away so that we do not go to that pit that is reserved for Satan and his followers. And it says he crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. We can't even comprehend how great God's love is for us. Lamentation says his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. And it says, great is your faithfulness. He says he satisfies. He satisfies our years, the time that he has ordained for our lives, with good things. Now, does that mean we're never going to suffer pain? We're never going to suffer loss? We're never going to suffer sickness? We're never going to suffer persecution or oppression. No mean any of that. But in those times, we know that God is still on his throne and he's still in control. And he brings us through those trials. We typically do not grow spiritually very much when we're having what some would call the mountaintop experiences, those great spiritual victories. We grow when we're down in those dark valleys. And we look around. There's no help until we look up. 
Because when we get to that place where we realize God's all I have, we know we have enough. Because Jesus told Paul, therefore he told us, my grace is sufficient for you. And so in our weakness, if we haven't given in to sin in that moment, or even when we do, he forgives, but his strength shows through, and we're able to resist the temptation to sin. And satisfying our years with good things, does that mean we're going to all live 150 years? Lord, I hope not. If I feel this way and I'm not even halfway there now, I'll go as long as he allows me to go. So... We see his love and his touch everywhere we go. And when he says he satisfies your years with good things, he adds the, these next two words are critical here. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Eagles go through a process that they start to look worn and frazzled and they, they're, they're not they become they get to a point after a few years of not looking very pretty anymore and they literally go and hide and they pluck out and shed all their feathers and they have to stay hidden in a cave or somewhere so that predators can't get them because when they do this they can't even fly but then a whole new plumage comes and they come out and are soaring as if they were a two-year-old rather than, and they do live 15 to 30 years, which is the longest lived bird in creation. And there are other uh, references to eagles in Scripture. One of them, probably the most well-known, is in Isaiah 40. It says, that we will mount up on wings as eagles. We will run and not faint, not grow weary. We will walk and not faint because we depend on him. In verse 6 it says, The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. If you're familiar with the seven seals of the scroll that only Christ, the Lamb of God, was found faithful enough that he was the only one who could actually open those seals in the book of Revelation, John looked when he opened the fifth seal, he looked under the throne and saw people. And he said, Lord, who are these? 
And they were, those people were crying out, Lord, how long, how long will you wait until you avenge our blood? And he says, he gave them a white robe and said, just rest a while longer. Of course, I forgot to say what he told John. He told John, these are the ones who died because of their testimony faith in Christ and then he told them you rest because your number is not yet full and we know that in every century since he ascended more Christians have been martyred for their faith than the century before here we are number 21 and we're on track to more than double what happened in the 20th century but God performs righteous deeds. He brings us to himself. He is the righteous judge. It says he made, way, made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the sons of Israel. And so he gave Moses the law and he gave him the inspiration for the first five books of the Bible. But he also used Moses in performing great miracles to bring all the plagues on Egypt. And those were just a few of his righteous acts that he showed to the sons of Israel. And then in verse 8 it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. God's never really been, never, I shouldn't say really, He's never been severe with us. He's always treated us with great tenderness. He is so full of compassion. He's always ready to forgive and all of these things are in keeping with his very nature. It's in his mercy that he does not punish us the way we deserve for our sin. If every person was punished the moment he or she sinned, every person would be in hell. Because there would be no redemption. But God didn't do that. He continues day by day forgiving, loving, growing us in our knowledge of Him and of His Word, of His will for our lives. In 2 Corinthians 1, the second part of verse 3, it says, He's the Father of of mercies and the God who comforts us. Now back to Psalm 103 verse 9 says though he shows his displeasure against us for our sins by his rebukes found the ones that are found in his word and those rebukes to us 
They come in several forms. Sometimes it's our brothers or sisters in Christ who confront us when they see sin in our lives because that's biblical. Sometimes it's because of his spirit within us pricking our consciences so that the guilt of our sin weighs heavily on us so that we then confess and repent and turn from it. And we know that he has never did not give us a spirit of bondage but of adoption. In Ephesians 1 it says before the foundations of the world he ordained that we would be adopted as his dearly loved children. We've been blessed with every blessing in the heavenly realms. Sometimes we don't walk like we know we're blessed. Sometimes we don't walk like we have the power that comes from him that's available to us. The old time preachers used to say that resurrection power because it, in that verse it says the very power by which he raised Christ from the dead. Wow. We're children of the creator's the creator of the universe and sometimes we're walking around moping feeling sorry for ourselves now I'm talking to you about me because I really don't know if you mope around and whine and cry all day but sometimes I do too much Romans 8 14 through 16 it says for all who are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out Abba Father the spirit himself God the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirits. He interacts and he reminds us we are children of God. And if children, we're also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And that ends that passage with if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him verse 10 says he will not always strive with us nor will he keep his anger forever but we keep going back to God's mercy because over and over and over in scripture it talks about God mercifully not destroying us because of our sin, but forgiving us and bringing us through. Every one of us who knows Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior has experienced God's forgiveness, and we do experience it each day. May we be found grateful for His love
he is so patient with us. And yet we are impatient with one another. He's not given us the judgments that we deserve. Nor has he taken away from us the comforts which come from him but that sometimes the way we live our lives you would think we have forfeited those he's still there and he's still supplying his patience should lead us every day to get up each day and throughout our day until we go to sleep at night to walk in repentance of our sins and thank him for his great mercy and that he has justified us and redeemed us from that pit and then verse 11 says for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his loving kindness to those who fear him And that's a pretty long way. Heaven above earth. But then to give another analogy that we can better understand, it says as far as east is from west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If he said north to south, well, you can only go north until you step on the north pole and your next step, you're going south. So you hit the South Pole and your next step you're going north. But if you start traveling east and never, ever, ever deviate, you can travel east technically forever or west because east and west never meet. Even in his creation, he shows us his love he shows us his mercy and he shows us his grace and we should be amazed by God every day that he has put our sins that far from us and then he says just as a father has compassion on his children so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him and that's why we can call him father He is as tender and loving to us as a daddy with a newborn baby. He cares for his children. He knows our weaknesses. He protects us. He provides for us. He loves us. And when we fall, he picks us up. When we've offended him, he forgives us. And when we are wronged or oppressed, he gives us justice. And it may not be in a form we want or hope for or expect in this life. But we know he's doing that in his time and in his way. And then verse 14 
kind of answers why he's compassionate. He said, because he knows our frame. He's mindful that we're but dust. Physically, biologically, he created Adam by forming him out of the dust and then breathed his life into him. And it says, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. Our bodies are quite frail compared to God. And we really can't do much. But as little as we're capable of bearing in our own selves with God, we can do great things if we do those things for Him and for His glory. And 15 and 16 says, As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind passes over, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no more. James 4.14 says, You are just a vapor. That you see it for a moment, and then it, it's gone. When we think of eternity, our lifespan is not even a snap of the fingers or a blink of the eye. But, 17 starts, the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear Him, His righteousness and His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant and remember His precepts to do them. And then he reminds us that his throne is in heaven. It's been established. And his, he sovereignly rules over everything. In the New Testament it says Christ created all that is and nothing that is wasn't created by him because he did create everything. And in his hand... He holds all of creation together. All of these things have to do with us and our relationship with God. But then David turns and looks heavenward and he invokes the very angels those heavenly beings that God had created for his glory. He says, bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serving, serve him doing his will. Those are the unfallen righteous angels who serve God day and night without complaint, always rejoicing. Bless the Lord all you works of his in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Lord, find us faithful. Let us give you praise, honor, and glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
please add your blessing to the reading of and the proclamation of your word this morning, binding us together in the truth of your holy word. In the name of Jesus, amen.